You're listening to the Promise Church's message of the week. Pastor Chris brings us his message, Give Your Life. We hope you enjoy this teaching. If you guys open up your Bibles to John 3, verse 30. And uh, before we jump into that, I just want to share a couple thoughts. Um, we need to have, in with any message that's ever preached, they should all start with Jesus, be Jesus, and end with Jesus, okay? So I, I just want to bring a quick reminder that the gospel, in its most simplest form, is God offering His presence to you and me. This is the gospel. So God's presence is God's person. It's who He is, right? If you see Adam and Eve in the garden, they're in the garden, they're walking with God, right? Here's Jesus in the garden, walking with Him. When sin came into the world, there was a separation between God and man, right? When Adam and Eve were created, it says that when Adam was created, right? God breathed breath into his nostrils. So the first thing that Adam saw when he opened his eyes was the face of God. It's the first thing he saw. This is the gospel. So Jesus had to come and breathe again into all of our nostrils so that we would open up our eyes and be able to truly live, be able to truly see him. So what was in the garden was restored by Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, okay? So when we talk about the gospel, I'm not gonna talk about that today, just wanna make, make you very aware of this, that any topic, anything that we talk about has to come back to Jesus, the person, not the concept. Now there's people, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there right now, some, some major Christian celebrities have um, put out some articles that they've lost their faith. And I actually don't believe that you can lose your faith. Okay, the more I think about this, the more I look at scripture, you don't lose your faith, you lose your theory of your faith. Like, do you understand that you can believe in something but never actually experience it? Okay, I can break my arm and believe that if I go to the doctor, the doctor can help me put a cast on it and heal it, right? I can have that belief, but until I actually go to the doctor and have that experience where they help me, belief didn't go anywhere. So there's a lot of Christians that have a theory of God, a belief in God, but they're not actually connected to God himself, right? There's a form of godliness, void power. Let me give you another example. I could have believed the other day at youth camp when I was looking at the churros that it would have helped my waistline not to eat them. Instead, I ate three of them, right? I had a belief. I even had knowledge of something. And right now my waistline is reflecting my unbelief. Follow me. This is much like Christianity. We can have a belief of something, a theory in something. So there's people right now that have grown up in church. They've sang all the songs. They've read all the scriptures, but they've never actually met Jesus. Now, so there are people that are losing their theory of faith. But tomorrow, if I wrote a, a note that says, 
I don't believe in Jesus anymore. I'm losing my faith. Actually, what I'm doing is I'm rejecting Jesus. So there are some people that are rejecting him. There's others that are losing their idea of what they believe. But how do you lose somebody who found you when you were lost? But if the gospel is just a way and not the way, you may lose a way, but he is the way. It's Jesus. So when I share this short message with you, I want you to like understand that what I'm talking about is actually coming to the person of Jesus Christ. Right, Jonathan said it so well. He said, we're in his presence. I could have stayed in that place of worship forever. It was beautiful. But when you're in the presence of God, just like if we're in the presence of Luke Donald, uh, that means Luke Donald is there. So if you're in the presence of God, he's present. Okay, so let us make our faith be more about a relationship with Jesus than an intellectual pursuit of some kind of way. It was never meant to be that. Amen? So keep that in mind. Is Patty Donald here or was she at the first service? Dang it. Okay. We're going to move right along like that never happened. Um, so John 3, verse 30. Now I'm going to use this scripture as an example of how not to read scripture. It's a very good scripture. Another time maybe I'll preach it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this as an example of of how sometimes we read something and we apply it to our life and it's totally out of context. And then we have this mantra, this like thing that we're like, yeah, I'm, I mean, we make these statements, but they don't make any sense with scripture, okay? Like for instance, I love Steph Curry, all right? He has a, a quote on the bottom of his shoe, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Totally out of context. Right? That, that, has every, that has nothing to do with making a three-pointer in a game. That has everything to do with being content with nothing. And like Joel said this morning, he's like, what if two guys got into a boxing ring and they both had it on their shoes? I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Somebody has to lose. So we have a lot of sayings and things that we do in church that just don't make sense. And, and I understand that what, what that means, and, and, I, and I, I'll probably wear the shirt if I got one because I get what he's trying to say, but we think that I can do all things. It's like being content with nothing. Do you want to do that thing? <laughs> like, so just, just go with me on this journey real quick as we talk through this scripture, okay? And this is what the scripture says. He must increase, but I must decrease. The I there is not you. Okay, the I in that, in that passage of scripture is John the Baptist, okay? So what is being said here is, Jesus comes on the scene, John the Baptist is walking around saying things like, I came to baptize him in water, but there comes one after me that's gonna baptize him the Holy Spirit and fire. So when Jesus comes to him and says, John, baptize me, John's like, no, you need to baptize me in the baptism that I've been prophesying, right? So in the context of this scripture, what he's saying is my ministry, actually the old covenant is coming to an end and the new covenant is about to start. But if we're not careful, we make statements like, 
God must increase, I must decrease. That is not biblical. You, you don't decrease in scripture, you die. Okay, that always gets a great response. Okay, let's try it over on this side. You don't actually decrease, you die. Okay, that was a little bit better. All right. Christianity is not decreasing, right? It's death to self. Lest a seed falls into the ground and dies, there's no life without death. And a lot of people have not come to that place where they're daily dying and giving their lives to Jesus. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. This is Christianity. <laughs> wow, that was a good one. All right. Like Jeffrey said, these are not my words. These are the words of Jesus. I was in Canada, and while in Canada, um, I, I, I preached a message one night, and it was an extremely explosive room. I took only my Bible to work. When I take only my Bible, that means anything can happen. And it happened that night. There was no notes. There was no timeline. We weren't trying to move into the next thing. And, and I was talking about giving your life to Jesus. And this 65, about 65-year-old woman at the end of the meeting comes up and, and she says, young man? I said, yeah. She goes, you're absolutely right. And I was thinking about what? He's either going to get rebuked or slapped. Right? You never know. People say the craziest things to you after a service. And she goes, I just want you to know that I've been born again. I've been water baptized. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? These are the three baptisms that, it's, that it speaks about in the Bible. But she goes, until tonight, I have never truly given my life. Do you know that we can do all three of those things but yet never actually truly give God everything. Now listen, it's not like you say the prayer and then God just takes over. God doesn't take anything that you don't give him. He doesn't take anything that you don't give him. He does not want to control you or manipulate you. That's the devil. He wants you to freely choose him and so when you see how good he is, you wanna give your life. This is the gospel, giving your life to Jesus. Now, I'm not questioning anybody's salvation. I'm not questioning whether you're, whether you're saved or going to heaven or not. If, if you believe in Jesus and you've confessed with your mouth and believe in your heart and, and, you're, and you're going after Jesus, but what I'm saying is, is that there is more for you. There's a place where you can truly give all to Jesus and things really change. Things really change. Okay, if you turn your Bibles to Romans 12, Romans 12, verse 1. I saw this this morning in such a fresh way. Romans 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. That word present, I want to talk about that, is to offer or to give to present, okay, so to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, ouch, right? You guys understand what sacrifice is. <laughs> 
Now you're going to be a living sacrifice. So it's a daily giving of your life to God, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So what we had a moment ago was corporate worship and it was powerful. But do you know that you can be in a corporate worship service, sing some songs, but never truly be doing spiritual worship, which is giving your life a living sacrifice to God, okay? So we wanna make sure that we don't sing a song and not actually walk out what we really want to walk out, but we're just not, we're just not, I don't wanna say doing it because it's not in your own strength, but like I don't, I don't try, I do. God works with doers, not triers. Now, I'm not saying that I do in my own strength. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, uh, sorry, in, in Colossians 1, 29, he says, I toil and I struggle with all of his energy. I don't try to pray, I pray. I don't try to give, I give. We're gonna get to some of these scriptures in a moment. I don't try to be a witness, I am a witness, okay? And there's, there's a difference when it goes from believing and being a hearer of the word and being a doer of the word. I just wish that Nike would sponsor the Christian church. It'd be awesome, just do it. Should be the Christian's line. But make sure that you do it with God, giving everything to God. So this is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now we're gonna to turn to Matthew 10. Matthew 10, verse 39. I'm gonna start in verse 34. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have come to bring, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come, for I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemy will be those of their own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross, say cross. Okay, we wear necklaces with crosses. We tattoo crosses on our body. Do we really know what we're doing? A cross is an instrument of death. And the cross is the Christian symbol. If you go to Jerusalem, and I've been there a couple years ago with my brother Luke, they tell you do not wear crosses. It is an offense to the Jewish people because it's a picture of Roman persecution. So our like logo, <laughs> think about it, the Christian logo is a cross. That's not like you just need to decrease a little bit. No, you go to a cross and you die. Okay, I know it's graphic, but it's Jesus. This is, what, this is what he says. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me. 
So if you're gonna follow him, you have to take your cross, okay? So, and we're not following a way, we're following the way. And here you see, he doesn't say take your cross and follow the way that I laid out for you. He says, take your cross and actually follow me. So you're actually following the new and the living way. It's not an intellectual faith that we have. It's an experiential relationship with the man, Christ Jesus. It's so freeing when you don't have to overcomplicate it and know all the scriptures, all you need to know is him and him alone. It's just so beautiful. We overcomplicate it. We make it about everything that it isn't and then, and then we miss the only thing that it's about, him, right? So a, a lot of these people that are losing their faith never actually found him. You don't have a relationship with somebody if you don't spend time with them. So spend time with God, interact with him. He will teach you. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Just make time. In Romans 6, I'm going to jump through some scripture here quickly. We're going to go from, to Romans 6, verse 12. It says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present, there's the same word, so present yourself to God, give yourself to God. Right here it's saying, do not give yourself or present yourself or your members to sin as an instrument for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. So I, I need you to catch this, that when a lot of times we have sacrifice without obedience. So a lot, meaning if we're obedient, we have to be obedient to a person. So you can, in, in Colossians, it talks about um, this thing called asceticism, which is where you, you sacrifice and you beat your flesh and you do all these things to be spiritual. And it says in Colossians that all of that stuff will not do anything to stop the sin of your flesh. Only Christ can do that. Okay, so it, you can do all these things and come to the altar and pray all these prayers and do all this stuff, but you can leave from the altar and only have an idea of God, not actually know God, but if you come to the altar and you meet Jesus face to face as Adam in the garden stood face to face with God, which is what the gospel is, it's very hard to be staring at the face of Jesus and sin. You can't be clinging to life itself and be sinning. But if all your Christianity is, is a list of rules, doctrine and dogma, then no matter what you do, no matter what you try and attempt to do, no matter how many Hail Marys you pray or how many times you confess to this person or that, it is to no avail. But if you cling to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, 
the person of salvation, the eternal life, if you cling to him, you will have life. This is why Jesus says eternal life is to know God the Father and me. This is the gospel. It's the new covenant. So we need to present ourselves. So tomorrow morning when you wake up or if, if you meet with God in the evening, what I want you to do is, is actually go to Jesus. It says that if you go into the secret place and shut the door, the God in secret will meet you. Well, if he's in there, I recommend you get in there. Go see him, right? It doesn't say that when you get in your car and you're driving down the road that he'll be in there. That is not your secret place because there's a lot of distractions. Get to a place where there's no distraction and meet with God. If you turn your Bibles to the last scripture that we'll read, we'll be in Luke 9, verse 23. I'm going to read the right verse this time. I learned my lesson. Luke 9, verse 33. And as you're turning there, Aaron said so well, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. There's one more thing. Oftentimes, we, we talk about the blood and the word of our testimony. What's the last thing? Love not your life unto death. Oh, man. It's all three. Meaning you can have the blood, you can have a testimony, but if you're loving your life, that means you're not receiving the full reward of Jesus. His fire only falls fully on 100% sacrifice. The issue that we're having in the West is, is that we've preached a compromised gospel that says, accept Jesus. A.W. Tozer says, you don't accept Jesus. You come to Jesus and you die. There's no accepting. It's as if I don't accept Jesus, he misses out on something. He misses out on nothing. He's all sufficient. He has all that he needs. But you miss out on something if you don't come to Christ. So we've preached a watered down gospel which makes people believe that they're okay just having a little Jesus. But Christianity is having all of Jesus and none of yourself. That's the real gospel. That's the straight truth. That's the Bible. That's why Jesus removes all the excuses. And this is why Jesus never forces a person to come and to do it. Because if he has to force you, he'll have to continually force you. Jesus doesn't have to force me to come to him in the morning. I've experienced life on the other side of myself. Okay, let's look at this scripture. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, right? Not deny the devil, deny himself. The, like if, if, if you were at a trailhead with Jesus, and you're about ready to take a journey, he would turn around, he'd say, you must deny yourself. If you don't, you're not going. Like if you were there with a backpack, you're ready to go. He's like, take the backpack off. If you don't, you don't go. 
It is the prerequisite to following Jesus, denying yourself. You can think that you're following him, but not be really connecting with him, only have an intellectual pursuit of God and never actually know him. This is so good. I want to know him. I want to walk with him. So he says, deny yourself. And then he says, take up your instrument of death. Take up your cross. So, deny, so it's not about me. I love what Todd White says. He says, Christianity is about you for the first five minutes. And then it's about, from that moment on, it's about everybody else and God. We've made Christianity all about us. It has nothing to do with you. Get over yourself. Deny it. Or all you'll have is you and not him. This is the gospel. And he's much better than you. He's much better. So whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits his life? Let that not be said of us, Lord. In Matthew 6, because I, I want to leave you with something practical because I know in this room everybody's like, I want that. I want to come to Jesus. I want to give my all to Jesus. And I'm here to say it's not an altar call. It's not, it's not um, you going out and telling somebody about Jesus. It's not, what it is is, it's you choosing to deny self daily and have death to self daily and to present yourself a living sacrifice to God. Now, if you wanna know a good place to start, start in Matthew 6, okay? And I'm gonna make a few strong statements in, a, in just a couple minutes as we're, as we're wrapping up here in the next four minutes. I'm gonna make some strong statements and I believe they're backed in scripture, okay? You guys all right? And let these be a gauge as to whether you're dead to self or alive, all right? Remember, these things that I'm saying are what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount. And you can go and read it. I'd read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and just sit with those for about a year or two, and then come back after you've spent time with those for a year or two and come and complain. But I don't want you to come and complain after I preach it. I've been living in these scriptures, all right? Now, if we have to take up our cross, that means that what I'm going to share is not going to be that fun for your flesh. It's not going to be like cotton candy or an icy. So I'm just warning you that what I'm going to share is not, you're not going to want to have a praise break. All right? You're going to be like, really? Really? Ha! I didn't know that denying yourself was supposed to be fun. When's the last time you went out to eat at a restaurant and said, nah, I think I just won't eat today? Right, it's not built into you to deny yourself. It's built into you to be selfish, okay? So just remember, when I read these things, they're gonna sting just a little bit, all right? And these are when used, not if used, okay? It's very, very important. Jesus says, if you're gonna follow me, then you will do this. There's no gray area. It's not like, well, I'm gonna take one and leave the other two. No, you will do all three. If you're not doing all three, you're not following Jesus. 
And if you're not doing all three right now, right after this message, do all three for the rest of your life. It's not like, okay, I'm gonna do it today and then not do it again. No, you, this is a daily lifestyle, okay? So there's no condemnation in what I'm about to say, all right? I just need you to know that if you're not doing it and you claim to be a follower of Jesus, then you better start right away, okay? Because this is what the Bible says. I don't live based off what you think. I live based off what that says. I don't preach what you want to hear. I preach what Jesus says, okay? And if we build our church on the rock, which is Jesus, when the floods come and the winds come, which they will come, this place will not be shaken and we will not compromise the word of God in this house to grow the church. It's growing just fine with the truth because we want real growth, not just people that are coming and just want to have a good song or two. All right? Okay, here we go. He says, when you give, this is Matthew 6, verse 2. When you give, not if, so I'm going to make this statement, let it stand alone. If you're not giving, you're not following Jesus. He doesn't say if, he says when. I'm not talking about tithing. Don't go there right now. I'm not even talking about offerings in the church. I'm saying if you see a needy person, uh, that's the context in this verse. He says that you'll help. If you see a needy person and your first thing to do is, is to hold on, you ain't following Jesus. Because if you're following Jesus who gave his only begotten son, you would be a giver. Who you're following, you take on their character. Who you spend time with, Right, you can interact with scripture, not interact with Jesus, and you can have a great theology on giving and never give. But if you spend time with him, you will give. And if you don't give at this point, I would encourage you, go to the ATM, pull out five bucks, bless somebody. You'll be more blessed by it. Number two, when you pray. If you follow Jesus, you will pray. If you are not praying, you are not following Jesus. You are following an idea of Jesus. You are following a theory or a thought that maybe you were at one time praying. And if you're not praying now, if you're not an active pray, praying person, you're not following Jesus. Now hear me. I'm not saying you need to pray every day for two hours. How about five minutes? And if you're here and you're going, I can't pray five minutes to connect with God, you need to come forward and have them pray for you so the grace of God can touch your life. This is the beautiful thing. When you come to die, you're not just coming to an altar by yourself, you're coming to a person. And when you die, he gives you his life. He enables you to do it. But if you don't have five minutes every other day, like I'm being really lenient here. If every other day for five minutes you can't go into the closet and shut the door, you're not following Jesus. All you have is a theory. And that kind of theory, you may be like that person on Facebook that 10 years down the road goes, 
I'm losing my faith. The question is not once saved, always saved. The question is, did you ever meet Jesus? Because you can come to an altar and pray a prayer and leave without him. And we want to be connected to him. So followers of Jesus don't try to pray, they pray. They don't try to give, they give. And the last one, oh, Jesus help me with this. Fasting. It doesn't say if you fast, it says when you fast. Now, if you want to know something that will, now, now hear me. Maybe that is a, no, no, real quick. Fasting is not, not being on social media. That's called personal disciplining. Try it. It'll change your life, right? Like, we want to, like, bring down principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness, and we can't turn off the television set. How are you going to storm hell if you can't turn off your TV? That's called discipline. Do it. It'll change your life. I need to be a little bit more disciplined in going to the gym. And Tasha says amen. All right, with fasting, you could start with a meal a day. But know this, that fasting is actually not eating. I'm just putting that out there, right? It's not like, you know, I'm going to do the this. No, it means you're abstaining from food. Now, if you think that's easy, just try to do it for a couple days. And your flesh will let you know what's going on. I'll never forget, I'm at day three of like a five-day fast. And I'm sitting on the couch with turkey in my hand. And I'm like, Chelsea, should I do it? And Ellie's like, Dad! Don't eat it. Don't eat the turkey. Obey God. Because there's such like a conviction. I ate the turkey. It's true. None of this can become legalism. Because if you're not careful, then you're creating another way. That There's people that pray. There's people that fast. And there's people that give that don't have a relationship with Jesus. So don't make this legalistic. I ate the turkey. Jesus did not send a bolt of lightning and take me out, okay? He, he'll take whatever you give him. So maybe that's giving up lunch once a week on a Wednesday, giving up lunch, and then going into a, to a quiet place, closing the door, praying, so you're fasting and praying, and then the Lord speaks to you to take $5 and bless your coworker. Bust out all three on Wednesday afternoon. Okay? Let's not overcomplicate this, but I'm telling you that a relationship with Jesus looks like something. And then there's a real fun thing. If you read through Matthew 6, uh, you can discover three do nots. So there's three when yous, and then there's three do nots. And they correlate with the when yous. Okay? When it says... When you give, in Matthew 6, 19, it says, do not be anxious for anything. And then when it says, um, in, in Matthew 6, 25, um, again, it says a do not, go look this one up. And then another one is, because we, we're short on time, Matthew 6, 31 is another one. They all correlate with each of the others. So Jesus says, when you follow me, you will do this and you will not do this. That's why scripture says in 1 John that if we love him, we will obey his commandments. We oftentimes stop there. 
But then it says, his commandments will not be burdensome. What would it be like to obey God, but yet have his commandments not be burdensome? That would be like being friends with, being friends with a person that does everything for you. Remember, if I need Jeffrey to come and work with me, I'm looking for somebody to labor beside me. God is looking for somebody to labor through. But he cannot labor through a person that's laboring. This is why we must die. Will you stand with me? Father, I thank you, Lord, for this word. And God, I pray that as we sing this song in closing, Lord, that you would do something in our hearts. Lord, and and I just bring back... to to your remembrance, the lady in Canada that said, I have been born again, I have been water baptized, I have been spirit filled, but until today at age 65, I've never given my life. Know that it's not a moment at an altar, it's every day of your life, you being a living sacrifice for him and obeying him and him living that through. So as we sing this song, I ask you, if you wanna come forward, you can, but I just ask you in your heart, to make a commitment to say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you and I'm gonna do it your way, amen?